Welcome in to Lucky Number 13, episode 13 of The Bluest Tape. I am Harvey Couch alongside Jeff Kolath. And thanks for joining us. We will take you uh, on a ride through the uh, recorded history of widespread panic. And um, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. And if you've listened before, thanks for coming back. Um, so we've got a uh, we've got a theme this week and next week. Uh, Jeff, you want to tell the good people? Sure. So with all this talk in uh, Washington D.C. about um, you know swamp draining and sort of the deconstruction of the state, we decided that we'd honor one of the best things that government has ever done, <laughs> and that is build the Red Rocks Amphitheater. Um, now it was start technically started before the the New Deal got going in the mid 1930s, but we can thank President Roosevelt, the Works Progress Administration, and the Civilian Conservation Corps for building probably the finest concert venue in the United States, maybe even in the in the world. I'm sure it could be argued based on that view. Um, but we're going to be talking about shows uh, recorded at. Red Rocks Amphitheater in Morrison, Colorado, where Widespread Panic will be playing at the end of June. And I believe they're they're up to, what, 51 sold-out shows in a row or something like that at, at, at Red Rocks? Um, which is, yeah, I was just starting to add it up, but I'd lost count after a while. But yeah, no, it is a lot. It's That's pretty impressive <laughs> um, when you think about it. And you and I have both, both been lucky to 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 have seen Panic there back to back years, uh, way back when only once, and I'm sure we've had listeners that go every year. So hopefully we'll mm. we'll we, we will pick some selections from some of their favorite shows and um, and and highlight some stuff maybe they haven't heard in a while. But we've got some good stuff coming up this week. The boys definitely just like when they go to New Orleans and show up in wherever for New Year's Eve. Uh, Red Rocks is always the place where they tend to turn it up a bit. Yeah, you can really just tell. I mean, uh, just so much energy in that place uh, through the years, and uh, it's definitely sort of a home away from home for those guys. And uh, I mean, three three nights, three night runs, almost every single year since nineteen ninety nine. I mean, that's just you know, it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, so we'll do the next two episodes, um, sort of in conjunction with you know the annual shows they generally play at the end of june uh three nights wherever that weekend falls and so um we're gonna do one episode this week and uh and then we'll do another one next week and we're gonna look at uh some selections of performances from uh this uh, historic amphitheater um so we're going to just go sort of in chronological order uh, and we'll go up through 1998 in this episode and then we'll pick up and, and continue on uh, next week. So the first, the first time that widespread ever played uh, at Red Rocks was in 1991 uh, appearing with acoustic junction and uh, blues traveler Um Blues Traveler, they have an annual. They, do they do Fourth of July at Red Rocks every year? Something I think that's like their that. sort of thing, yeah. But um, yeah, so that was their first first you know run out there, and that might have been had they had they been out west before that ninety one tour. I feel like that 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 summer ninety one was you know 
they went out to Telluride and mm-hmm. um, I didn't know if I don't know if they had gone out west before it was like in 90 uh, yeah it looks like they, they went out to Colorado in, in the spring of 90 so not their first trip out west mm-hmm. but uh, their first appearance at, at Red Rocks was in 1991 and then um, and then the next time was 1993 uh, as part of the Horror Tour they played two nights uh, at Red Rocks and um, so that's where, that's our first selection here is going to be from the second night of two uh, in the 1993 uh, Horde Show, um, July 3rd, 1993, and this is the uh, the opener from that show. Sure, I'm going to high 
That was Pigeons from July 3rd, 1993, uh, from the Whore Tour, second of two nights, Widespread Panic at Red Rocks uh, in Morrison, Colorado. And um, just wanted to put a little, you know, perspective, uh, obviously, you know, the, the latter years of the more popular, uh, but, you know, uh, I think it was, it was pretty impressive, pretty uh, important to put a little color on, you know, on those guys playing little, you know, uh, one set shows to this horror tour is a sort of their first exposure to big, big amphitheaters. Yeah. And I think that they, you know, they had been out at Red Rocks before, like you had mentioned opening for blues traveler, but now as part of this part of this bigger tour and they had played a bunch of sheds in 92 and then again in 93. And then, you know, just a few years later, they were headlining those sheds on their own. So that's, you know, the growth of a band and, uh, over the course of the of the 90s. So we're going to skip over their next appearance at Red Rocks, which was on the 4th of July of 94. Maybe we'll get to that on our 4th of July show, um, where, they, where they opened for Blues, Blues Traveler again. And they didn't play there in 95. And then right at the end of May, May th- exactly at the end of May, May 31st, 1996, they headlined their first show at, at Red Rocks. And... This is a show that, you know, we're talking about what we wanted to play and the selection that we chose for this one. If you look at the set list for this show, it is about as sort of a quintessential panic set list as you could, as maybe you could dream up. There's, I mean, the only thing that's maybe not on it is Space Wrangler, but it seems like every, and everything else is there. Um, and mm-hmm. it's just an incredibly well-played show. Um, and aside from Lowrider and Sleeping Man, it's almost all originals. If I'm look, looking at it. Oh, I thought you were gonna say they're almost all like good songs. <laughs> no, I'm not that cynical. I am, but I'm, okay. but I, they, I mean, if you if you want to call it make sense to me, you know, since it's yeah. a Danny and Eric song. and Avis, maybe you could. Yeah, Avis too, but but those are songs that definitely become part of the panic sort of. Oof. You know, over the course of the years but this is a it's a great show and we're going to start off um, right at the beginning of the second set with some with a, a, a very classic opener disco
Thank you. 
Alright, that was Widespread Panic, May 31st, 1996, at the famous Red Rocks Amphitheater. Starting off the second set with Disco into Diner into I'm Not Alone. Almost what, 32 minutes of music <laughs> to start off the second set. A really incredible run, so well played. Um, and like I said before, just a quintessential example of, of, of what makes Panic great. Yeah, I mean, when we talked about doing a, a Red Rock show, um, this segment was the very first thing that came to mind. And it was, I mean, I wore this tape out, the analog. Absolutely. I mean, just from, just, yeah, side A, set two, <laughs> just, you know, you know you're in for it. Uh, and such a great JBism to start second set two with the leftover salmon opener. So, um, Disco Diner is just such a great combo. I mean, it's really just, I love it. It's just such a perfect uh, combination, I think, and just a great start of the set. And this whole little sort of three-show run they do in the mountains, in starting off at Red Rocks, then going up to Park City, and then over to Jackson Hole. Like that three, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 31st, June 2nd, June 1st and June 2nd are three just fantastic shows. Um, a lot of summer 96 is really good, but those three I think are pretty, pretty high on the list. Yeah. And, uh, and this being the first of, um, you know, they play, you know, I think they skipped two years, but essentially every year for the last 21 years, you know, uh, starting in 96 so they really established you know the the regularity starting in this show right here and uh i think they definitely set the scene correctly all right so where are we going next well we'll jump to the next year 1997 and um you know 97 that summer tour is really good uh this is at the front end of it and um they start in Kansas City and go to Tulsa and then uh, Palo Solari in Santa Fe. And then they get to Red Rocks and play their first uh, solo multi-night uh, run. And, um, you know, some cool stuff. This is uh, this segment is from the from the first night and uh, the, the Neville brothers opened. And I, and I think, you know, it it would be cool to kind of run through all of the openers that they've had at Red Rocks. Cause it's really mm-hmm. been a great mixture of, um, you know, supporting acts, mm-hmm. uh, and, and almost all, I mean, I bet if you counted all the shows, the 50 or whatever shows at at Red Rocks, I would maybe guess that more than half have guest appearances. You know, I mean, it was like that was sort of, that's become sort of the tradition that whoever is opening or whoever's in town is going to come out and play a song or two with the band. Sure. Yeah, I think you're right. And they've been they had some great openers, obviously Neville Brothers and the Neville sit in the next night um, a little bit. 98, which will well, I won't give it away, but we'll play part of that run with with their guest from the second night. Um yeah, Dirty Dozen, of course, in 99, and then North Mississippi All-Stars in 01, and then obviously a bunch of openers in, in, in later years, too. Um, yeah, I mean, don't forget about the Kudzu Kings in 2000. Kudzu Kings, and didn't everything open for them or something like that? Everything? Yeah, yeah no, that was, man, a blast <laughs> from the past. And uh, and it was Big Ass Truck, was that uh, Colin Butler? And uh, I think he was in 2000 as well. 
Wow, um, that's that. I mean, I'm in I'm in Memphis, and that that is very that is a very Memphis thing. Big ass truck. That, that's that's. <laughs> Um, so we are, uh, we're going to play a segment here. This is the, the very, you know, we played the opener from the second set from 96. Uh, this is the opener from the first set, uh, in 97, the first of two shows. So really the start of the run. And, uh, we, we talked about in the first couple episodes about announcing your presence authority. Uh, this is definitely one of those situations.
that was the opener from June 26, 1997 at Red Rocks. Uh, that was the first of two nights, and uh, that was... Uh, establishing the theme for for two nights of uh, of panic with the, the Neville Brothers opening, and uh, so you heard uh, Walkin' uh, with a nice jam into Rock uh, with an engaged JB on side, and then uh, into Heroes into Impossible, and uh, yeah, and the show just sort of keeps going from there. I mean, there's a good uh, Genesis. You get a first set City of Dreams. Uh, and then uh, second set is uh, is really strong from from the start to the finish. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of options from these two ninety seven shows. The Arlene Wrangler is good. The post drums Pusherman Chili is really good. But I think you mm-hmm. said it said it right with an engaged J- JB on rock. He is all over the slide. Yeah. On, on, on that version of rock and it's just you know good i mean again that is it's a good pairing of of, of or good i guess a what do you want to call it a quadrangle a quadrangle of songs i don't know <laughs> of uh walking and, and and rock and sort of you know two kind of standard two kind of standard songs that maybe are a little short and then two songs that tend to stretch out a little bit kind of paired with them and it's just it's a great opener to the show also in the in the second set was uh, the Pilgrims, which leads into drums. Was uh, was the version that appears on Light Fuse Get Away. Mm-hmm. So, uh, little little trivia for you, which we are full of on this pot on this podcast. <laughs> um, so then we go to the next night, and the next night opens up the opener for the twenty seventh is vaguely familiar right. to what we just played from ninety six. Um, oh, it's almost like they thought that was really good and they should do it again. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but open the show with a disco diner. And of course they did open the second set in 96 with a disco diner. Um, again, another great show from, from start to finish, finish a first set drums, a set closing drums um, with the guys from the Neville brothers, Art and Cyril and Willie Green on percussion. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to jump into the second set though and uh, take a, take a look at three songs um they open with pigeons another pigeons opener which we just played for 93 and we'll take a look at what comes next Jackson, they're coming again. Oh, up on 
All right, that was Widespread Panic from June 27th, 1997. Um, right, right at the beginning of the second set, um, a very underrated pairing of songs. Um, Holden in The Last Straw, it's been done a few times, but they go together so well. And then closing that run out with a great version of, uh, of, of Traveling Light. And, you know, for some reason, I think it's because I have this visual of Holden because on this this official tour poster that the band sold like fall of 2000, they had falling leaves on it. So I guess I always equate the lyrics, obviously I always equate it with fall, but Holden it's fall is my favorite season and Holden definitely has become over the years, one of my favorite songs. And this is just a great version of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember uh, seeing it a couple times in the fall of 96 and it really sort of became a vehicle. Like there's a really nice jam and Dave and Jojo would kind of do that call and response bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, so this, you know, this is just a few months after that. And, uh, it really is like sort of a a good vintage for Holden is a 96, 97 errands and last draw too, when they sort of stretch out that, that back end, uh, jam with Mikey leading the way. So, um, yeah, good choice here, Jeff. This is your Thank pick. You. I like it. It was a, it's a super, it's a versatile song. Cause it, you can kind of, it's a, you know, use a baseball term. It's a great utility player. You can put mm-hmm. it anywhere in the set and it works. Right. Um, it's a great opener. Um, you can bury it in the middle of the first set and it brings sort of everything up. Cause there's usually a really nice, you know, jam at the end of it. And then obviously when paired with other songs that it goes together well with, um, and of course, this show is also notable for the set closing drums, which, according to the Everyday Companion, was the next to last time that it ever closed a set with drums. The first being, or the last one being that kind of one off benefit show they did in Nashville in fall of 98. And as you said, Harvey, set closing drums are nice. And I wish they would yeah. have done more of them. I would yeah, have. especially, I mean, especially. For, you know in the first set so then mm-hmm. it's not like they're ending the show and you've yep. got a whole second set with no drums in it which is great <laughs> and then um and especially with get you know if you have a couple guests yeah which they have often for drums uh it's you know it's kind of a cool way to you know you get a little different vibe and you know uh, it's a good way to build a set to to a close it doesn't it doesn't always have to be make sense to me or henry parsons is what i'm saying yeah, and I think, you know, I don't think this is the episode for us to have our, to air our, air our grievances about drums, but um, <laughs> I will say that having it at the end of the set would have been a nice sort of way to sort of clear the slate and be like, okay, we've done it, what comes next? Because again, as we've talked about before, um, especially 90, 98, not so much, but 99, and even some into 2000, like the drums just got so long. Um, some shows, I mean, just extended a great a long time and then they would add drums and bass and it would be like a 20, 25 minute sort of thing. I don't want to call it an ordeal, but a thing sort of in the middle of the second set. And it really kind of, you know, it sapped energy sometimes. I think that's just my opinion. So, so to be clear, this is not you airing grievances about the drums. I just, I just want to make sure that I note so we can prepare everybody so that when the time comes for you to air your grievances on drums, they can know what to expect. Sneak preview. Sneak preview. Of, 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 we'll do it on a Festivus. Uh, we'll, air, we'll, air, we'll air our panic grievances. We'll do, yeah, and do a whole episode of drums. 
<laughs> It'll be the least least listened to episode we've ever done. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, anyway, so let's go to 1998. Another fine year for Widespread Panic at Red Rocks uh, in Colorado, don't you think? Oh, yeah, no, and this is, uh, we're, you know, we're in the... I guess is this officially the Travel and Light Tour? It I guess is. it is, right? There because yep. there were two there were two um legs. Yes. Uh the first this is the end of the first leg and then they go back over to uh to Europe for five shows, six shows mm-hmm. um at the end of June and then come back stateside and finish up uh a really nice run of shows through July into a little bit of August uh, 98 to finish off the Travel and Light Tour. Which yes. is supporting, I guess, Light Fuse Get Away, and essentially what they were. Yep. That was what they're, yeah. Um, so, so this is the end of that first leg. And, um, and they, they, cut, they, they cut some of the other talent by the time they got to Red Rocks because they they're doing two set shows. They left mm-hmm. the Mule and Galactic in Utah, apparently, and, uh, <laughs> and, and brought G Love with them um, for the first night, and then everybody's favorite band, Everything, for the second night. It's almost like, I mean, did G Love play every show that tour? Because it was like he just didn't have anything better to do. And he's like, well, I guess I'll just go. I mean, because I feel like he that was like the consistent. You brought Mule in, Galactic, and different, you know, because uh, the show that I, I saw this show in Cincinnati at the end of the tour, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and G Love, I feel he was the only. Uh, oh, Todd Snyder and the Nervous Rex. There you go. Uh, and the Y store. <laughs> I got, I forget what the, um, cause this, that show, not to go off on a tangent, but I'm going to, cause Where you did one? already. Yeah. Um, the, the Cincinnati show, a two ninety eight was originally scheduled for uh, July 1st, uh, which was sort of, was that, that would have been the very first show after the Europe tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, I don't know if you've ever been to Riverbend in Cincinnati. It's right down on the river, uh, on the Ohio River. And it would be a beautiful venue if it wasn't like the worst venue in the country. But um, <laughs> just because of security and the way they built these massive columns that block everybody on the lawn from being able to see any of the concert but mm-hmm. uh, or hear it for that matter. But um, the originally scheduled show on July 1st was like, um, I forget who, I mean, I know Bela Fleck was one of the bands uh, and oh, I really, I wish I knew, but it was like two or three, like really good openers. Uh, and it was the only show that Bela was scheduled to play with them. And I was really excited about seeing that. And then obviously, unfortunately it got canceled and then it got moved to the very end of the summer tour. Uh, and we got G love and Todd Snyder and the Y store. <laughs> But anyway, now that we're airing grievances, sure. um, but back to uh, back to Morrison, Colorado. So yeah, so um, this is the the last time that Panic has not played that last weekend in a uh, in June. Um, okay, yeah, good point. So, so this, this is, is mid June until they settle into that spot there at the end of June. Yep. So we've got selection from both nights here in 1998, and we'll uh, kick off in the uh, the middle of the second set with a with a nice sandwich courtesy of widespread panic (laughs) 
All right, that was Widespread Panic at Red Rocks, June 12, 1998, in the middle of the second set with Stop Go into Big Willie Mammoth and back into Stop Go. A really nice um, sandwich, a really nice Big Willie Mammoth before they became sort of the the thing, you know, with the whole somebody throw me some fire. So we right, yeah, no, I noticed that. Like, uh, he sang it, but yeah. it wasn't like you couldn't, everybody didn't cheer. Uh, you know, they weren't going to, yeah. you couldn't hear the, you know, lighters hitting microphones and stuff. <laughs> the band wasn't hiding um, and ducking for cover. Right, um, yeah. But uh, just a great, an, another good, obviously, another good show. Um, you know, kind of, again, tough to choose. One of the things I thought was cool about this show is first set machine opener, bar stools, set closer. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's it pretty cool to, to split everything up like that. And then obviously it was something that didn't make the cut for this show or for, for, for this episode, another great version of Holden um, into uh, nobody's fault, but mine. Um, yeah. That was really good. Which is, which is another good, good part of this show. So we'll, uh, we'll skip to the, Next night, uh, we'll continue the Traveling Light Tour and we'll um, trade out uh, G-Love for everything. Did you ever listen to everything? Probably in 1998, but not not, not since. Um, Sorry, Sorry, everything. Yeah, no, it's fine. They they have like one or two kind of popular songs, I think. They put out a really good record in, geez, 93 or 94 called Labrador. I remember having that, and I used to listen to that quite a bit, but um, I digress. So this is the next night, June 13th, 98, uh, with everything opening. And um, and I guess, so we're, we're going to play the encore, which uh, features um, members of Galactic. And so I guess they were there, but not opening. That seems sort of... Well, if they left, they, I guess, you know, if they left him in Utah, they had to come back, come back that way anyway. So maybe they just went to Red Rocks and hung out for a minute. So yeah. I'm glad they did. It's a great version. Yeah, because this, this is really good. And I, yeah, I don't know that I'd honestly, I don't know that I'd listened to this before. Uh, I put it on earlier this week as part of our homework. And um, man, it's really good. Uh, I love the house, man. And you, you don't often get to hear guests singers singing JB's lines on original songs, you know, I mean, I I can't, I don't know. I'm sure it happens, but like, you know, usually it's a cover. And so it's not really like a widespread song, but you don't hear like, I can't think of an example, but you, you know, you don't hear whoever coming out and singing like verses of pigeons, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really cool to hear the house man singing part of fish water. Well, let's play it, and then we can. I'll, I'll give you my comments on this version of Fishwater. So here we go. June 13th, 1998, Widespread Panic, Red Rocks. Thank you. 
Fishwater with Galactic, the entire band, that JB names them off, and uh, and then City Dreams to close out the two-night run, uh, the last two-night run at Red Rocks from here on out, where uh, it's three-night runs uh, up until current day. Um, Jeff, you have thoughts on this? I do. I uh, 
I enjoy how you gave the houseman credit for actually singing the words to Fishwater. Because I was listening to this before we actually got started tonight. And are we sure he's singing the, the lyrics to Fishwater? I think he's just making stuff up, personally. Oh, do you? <laughs> that's okay. just that's just me. But and actually, mm-hmm. it would be be befitting of a man the stature of Feral de Cluet or Cluet, however you say it, um, to to get up there and to g- get a chance to sing. And if you sing, if you, and if you sing the words, I will go back and I will you know own it. But I like if I for some reason I thought it was pretty great that he would get the mic. As when he got the chance to sing one of the verses and just made his own thing up, I thought that was really pretty. Could be pretty great. Um, I think we might have. I think you know we might need to go to the tape on this. We might need to go to the tape on this. Um, but anyway, uh, Galactic definitely. You know they obviously Galactic's still around. The Houseman hasn't been with them for for a long time. It's amazing how long Galactic has been around at yeah. this point. <laughs> just it's seeing them for the first time like twenty years ago. Is, right, is, they. Pay, I mean, they opened up for uh, Wadsworth at the very first Lakefront Arena show, uh, yeah. Halloween of '97. Um, absolutely crazy. And, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, and they've and, and they've you know and they've they've really you know again not to go on a tangent here but um, they have sort of reinvented themselves as far as like different sounds yep. and they've really experimented in different spaces, which is cool. Yeah, the hip hop stuff that they've been doing is very cool. Um, you know, the fact that they don't, the stuff they do with Corey Glover, um, you know, from uh, Living Color was very, was, mm-hmm. has, has been cool. They played a lot of great, I mean, any band that plays Swamp Dog covers is, is going to be a band that, that is a, tops with me. So they've done some really great, great stuff. So it's great to see them around. And like you said, just keeping, keep progressing and uh, changing things up. So, well, all right. I think that brings us to the end of, episode 13 and uh part one yep. of our of our look into the history of red rocks our, our red rock our red rock spectacular red rock spectacular um and uh i think we'll we'll close it out there harvey any uh, closing comments um no just you know it was fun going back to sort of revisit some of these shows there's so many of them that it's just hard you know i mean uh i remember hearing them at different points but um it's good to this this is a good exercise and dusting off some stuff that i haven't heard in a long time so uh, i certainly enjoyed it you can tell that the that the boys uh you know they up their game when they're uh i mean it's hard to imagine not when you're standing on that stage looking up at that and uh, so um yeah just thanks everybody for listening please uh, tell your friends and um you know follow us on twitter at Lewis Tape, uh, like us on Facebook, and um, you know, give us comments. Shoot us an email. Let us know uh, if you've got thoughts or anything like that. I'm happy to share that um, in the future. So, yeah, appreciate it.